Green Living Podcast. This week, I have guest Kayla, or you might know her as Sustainable.K on Instagram. A little bit about Kayla, she currently lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with her boyfriend, dog, and cat. She started her Instagram account about four years ago in college as a health and fitness page. Then she transitioned it into more of a low-waste living sustainability platform. She has a bachelor's degree in sociology, with an emphasis on environmental sustainability, and she is currently working on getting her master's in nutrition. During the week, Kayla is a chiropractic assistant, and in her free time, she loves baking, being outdoors, and creating sustainable content. I had such a blast talking to Kayla, and we talked about a lot of things, hence why this episode is so long. We cover a lot in this episode, like the fitness industry, how you don't have to DIY everything to be sustainable, composting, living in a culture of convenience, and so much more. Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Kayla. Hello, Kayla. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Green Living Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me here today. Of course. I'm really excited to have you, and thank you so much for being a guest. And how about we jump into it, and would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your sustainable journey? Yes. So I, I currently live in Milwaukee um, with my, my boyfriend, my dog, and my cat. And uh, I graduated from college um, last year, I believe, in May of 2019. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's in sociology and environmental sustainability. That was kind of like my emphasis uh, that probably started uh, like five years ago. I kind of, I got really into health and fitness in college and I kind of just had this like year where I just became really passionate about a lot of different things and so that's kind of where I'm at right now that's why I've like studied so many different things and like people are asking me like oh well how are you going to you know incorporate sustainability kind of into into what you plan on doing with nutrition and stuff but yeah currently I'm working on my master's in nutrition as well And I am a chiropractic technician or assistant. That's like my job. So I take x-rays and stuff in the office. So I'm, I'm really into like holistic health and like integrative healing and integrative medicine, but I'm also really passionate about sustainability. So I kind of want to do something where I tie all of that together. And basically in, in college, I, along my health and fitness journey, I got really into like vegetarianism and veganism. And then at that same time, that's when I started really focusing more on like my impact on the environment and just how humans in general interact with the environment and like the positives and the negatives, but mostly the negatives. And I'm like, okay, a lot of our systems are just like not, uh, not, not the greatest. So I kind of want to, uh, I really focus on like individual impact um, on my page, especially um, and just what we can do. Cause I feel like that's really all I can do right now. That's how I got to where I am with my Instagram. Um, I actually, I started my Instagram page um, like four or five years ago and it actually started as like a health and fitness page. 
and I just documented like my food on there basically it was just like a little blog or like a little thing to keep myself accountable like when I was like working out and stuff and then with just me being so passionate about everything at once I decided to transition it into more of a sustainability page so I still talk about nutrition on my page and everything um, but it's more focused on like low waste living now yeah that's awesome yeah because I've looked at your Instagram and it definitely um, like I've seen you talked about like shampoo bars and like different products you can use and I think that's also very powerful because I've talked about a lot on the podcast like how much power we have as consumers and we do see that it is like at a bigger corporation level that things really do need to change but we do have a lot of power as the consumer and yeah I think Instagram is a great platform it's good and bad but I think it's a good platform (laughs) for yeah just getting information about personal use products because every time we shop we're making a choice and we're supporting Mm -hmm. something. No, that's great. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about your master's about like, are you learning specifically about sustainable food in the education or like when you're able to choose topics, are you able to talk about sustainability or how is that incorporated in your master's or not maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of that in my bachelor's. Like I really, uh, like in my emphasis on like environmental sustainability in my bachelor's. Yeah. My main degree was sociology, but I focused a lot of my projects on like factory farming and vegetarianism. My, my thesis was on vegetarianism, my whole like project that I did. So that was kind of the spin that I put on it. And I also, along with that took like an environmental sustainability, like science classes and stuff. Um, So that's kind of what I plan on doing with my master's as well. Um, I'm very passionate about nutrition and, just kind of healing from the inside out. That's, that's a huge part of it. So my master's will be in nutrition and human performance. Technically, it's more of like, it's got a little bit of an emphasis on sports nutrition, which I kind of like. That's like the fitness aspects coming out too. And then I also, I think I'll be taking a sustainable food systems class uh, next year for it. And then there's a couple other classes, I think too, where I'll have the chance to kind of like integrate my views on sustainable food systems and eating seasonally, eating like locally. And yeah, I can also tie in um, like vegetarianism and veganism into those projects as well. So I'll probably put my own spin on it. But yeah, there are a couple classes that are geared towards sustainability too, which I really like. Yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. And you mentioned fitness, how that was kind of like the starting point as well. How are you finding that in your sustainable journey, like with fitness, I guess? Are you able to, like, are you doing like at the gym or I don't know, how are you able to also incorporate the sustainability in that aspect? Yeah, if so you can, like I don't know. The hardest part. So just having like a sustainable lifestyle in general, like, um, I mean. And you, you can't do it perfectly. It that way. Yeah. 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 If you want to talk about it like that way. Yeah, I guess um, at the gym, it, I mean, it's hard. The, the fitness industry is not sustainable at all. Like I was actually just talking to someone about this. Someone messaged me about it. And she was like, hey, do you follow any like fitness sustainable influencers? Like, have you heard of anyone like that? And I'm like, no, honestly, I haven't. Like they all, all the fitness influencers online were Gymshark and all of these fast fashion like leggings. And that really bothers me. I thrift or get a lot of my like gym clothes, like secondhand, or it's just stuff that I've had for a long time, like old t-shirts and stuff. I don't know. Um, I'm not super into like, you know, buying all the new latest fitness gear and stuff like that. So that's kind of 
a difficult piece of it. So the fitness industry in general just is not sustainable as a whole, especially with like supplements and stuff. Um, a lot of companies have gotten a lot better when it comes to um, like vitamins. There's a probiotic company that I worked with actually quite recently where they send you like a subscription and it comes in a compostable package. So that's oh, nice. nice. Um, but mostly all the supplements on the market are plastic and you just throw it away when you're done with it, unless you repurpose it. And then like they say, oh, well you can recycle it. And like most things are not actually recycled. We throw away so much, like so much more goes into the landfill than we can even imagine. So yeah, um, it's kind of just like the systems we have in place are not the greatest, but yeah, when it comes to sustainability and fitness, it's kind of hard to tie those two things together. So I don't right. know how, how you feel about any of that. Um, yeah, I think as I have transitioned, and I've mentioned this like in the first episode, I've been like green for a long time. Yeah. But over the last like basically really big just year, I've really pushed myself to that like to me next level. And def, I mean, with the pandemic and exercising, that's been a whole nother story. Right. Oh but <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think fitness when I look at, when I look at it under a microscope, like different aspects of my life fitness, I'm like, it, it is hard. I think that has been one of the hardest things because I don't think people talk about fitness in a sustainable way. Like I think yoga as a practice, you know, is sustainable. You're able to do it in anywhere and yeah, they make, you don't need equipment as much. Right. And the yeah. equipment or a yoga mat, there are very sustainable, you know, uh, mats that you can get. There are good companies. Mm-hmm. So right. yes, I, I, I think that that's really hard as well. And it's kind of like, I don't think there's necessarily an answer right now, but mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know, <laughs> that's a hard and industry to talk about. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very saturated. It's become uh, so huge, especially with social media. And then the nutrition nerd in, in me comes out and I'm like, okay, let's talk about like the impacts of these supplements we're taking or like the regulations on them because they're not regulated at all. It's, it's horrible just with how backwards everything is. That's funny because we were actually just talking about that in my class this last week about supplement regulations and stuff. But yeah, that's the whole other side of it. So it's just like, you don't really know what's safe and what's, what's actually safe and effective. And so just like doing the research on that is so important. And that's why I really focus on conscious consumerism and from many different aspects on, on my page with nutrition and also like sustainability, just like um, looking at where you're buying products from, how it's made and a uh, website or a brand's transparency on that. That that's absolutely huge. So yeah, we don't have a whole lot of that in the fitness industry. A lot of it's just like, Oh, this will make you lose weight. This will make your hair grow longer. This will clear your skin. And it's like, okay, do you actually know like what's in there or what it took to like make that or if that's safe. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I like, like you said about kind of uh, looking at medicine or holistic health, you know, inside out. And I think I hope many industries, especially kind of fitness or supplements that kind of look more into that, or I hope maybe consumers look more mm-hmm. into maybe more natural alternatives. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I mean, sustainability and the natural alternatives definitely go hand in hand a lot of the time. Like that, those are just values that kind of cross over uh, a lot with, with a bunch of different brands. 
usually if something, you know, if a nutrition brand really focuses on like, you know, holistic, more like food-based, plant-based supplements, they'll have like biodegradable packaging or something, or they'll have carbon neutral shipping. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of look at that whole big picture, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Yeah. I'm happy we got to talk about the fitness thing. Cause I was wondering about that. Cause I did see, you know, you're obviously doing the nutrition and you're more into fitness. So I wanted to get your take on that because it's kind of a black hole (laughs) right now, you know, it's kind of uncharted territory in a way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, very interesting. So back to kind of like, not necessarily your master's, but do you have any kind of larger goals for yourself when it comes to sustainability or like more conscious living or anything like that? Yes. So I, I'm just like constantly working on learning and educating myself all the time um, from other people and what they do too. Um, But I have followed like minimalists and like different people that are into, you know, eco minimalism, like Shell Bizzle is a a good example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, She's probably one of my favorite people to watch on YouTube but I really want to minimize my wardrobe, minimize like this, just the clutter that I have. I don't have a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot of stuff here to be honest, but I do have a lot of plants um, (laughs) and stuff that I've just had for a long time since I was a kid too. Um, So I kind of just want to learn how to let go of that kind of stuff. And that's more of like a mental thing. Um, It's hard because when this is going to sound, you know, so privileged and everything, but like, Americans love stuff. They love to collect things. They love to buy things, you know, shopping just, you know, gives you that feel good energy. Um, And I kind of really want to let go of that and just kind of live with what I need. And I'm kind of discovering that right now. I'm kind of going through like a shift in my style, I feel like, too. So that kind of makes it hard, like just figuring out like, okay, how many cardigans do I want? Do I want um, you know, what, what, what color schemes do I want in my wardrobe? So kind of like, I would love to do a capsule wardrobe or, um, like test out just like different things I can do with that. I don't necessarily want to just go all in and be like, yeah, I, I'm going to be a minimalist and just get rid of all of my stuff. Cause I feel like that backfire like really fast and I'll suddenly like miss all of my stuff and I'll go shopping or something. Um, so I want to do it slow and in a sustainable way. But I think that's more of a goal for like 2021. I think I'm going to do a couple like no buy months where I don't buy anything and um, like just little goals and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I think I I watched some, I don't want to say, they're kind of minimalist YouTubers, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they definitely talk about, you know, once you have less, you discover more about yourself, basically. Yes. Or more about your style, because I totally have fallen down that you know, rabbit hole of just all of a sudden discovering how many clothes you have. And I think also with the Marie Kondo movement, I'll call it (laughs) kind of like, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if I actually put, you know, all of the clothes I have in one, on one bed or in one room, just the thought of that is overwhelming. And it's so, and like you said, yeah, it's from a privileged place of like being Mm -hmm. Um, an American having resources to all like having being able to buy the stuff which is great to have the resources but how empty it feels actually yeah Yeah, exactly and like how often do you actually wear those pieces you know that you just bought and didn't really think about like I I just cleared out my jewelry box oh my gosh my mom got me this big jewelry box and it was beautiful 
I'm, pro I'm probably going to sell it just because I don't need all of that space. But if I have that huge jewelry box, I'm just going to fill it with stuff, which is what happened. Um, and I just held on to so many pieces and I want to even get it even more minimalistic and um, only have like three to five necklaces that I wear. That'll be like the goal. But um, I know it'll take a long time for me to get rid of stuff because like there's stuff that your grandma gave you and there's, you know, all the sentimental stuff. So mm -hmm. it's just like, it's kind of a struggle for me right now is like getting through, through the sentimental stuff, but it's like, I don't use the sentimental stuff anymore. So totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm definitely uh, guilty of being sentimental over like things you probably shouldn't necessarily be sentimental about. And, yeah. but yeah, I know I totally get that. And I think also, I think there's kind of a stigma about minimalism when people, well, maybe more recently people are like, oh, you know, oh, I only have one necklace or I only, you know, it's kind of like right. a, a competition to get yeah. to less, but it's more like, well, I have three, but like they all add value to my life. It's not that having one is like my goal. It's that these three you know, complete me <laughs> as yes, a person or exactly. something. It looks, it looks so different on everyone. I mean, one person might have, yeah, like five to 10 necklaces, but they wear all of them, you know, regularly, but yeah, someone might not have any necklaces just cause that's not something that they wear. So, um, I feel the same about reusable straws. That's, that's like one thing <laughs> in sustainability that like <laughs> kind of pisses me off, uh, to some point. Cause like, I feel like everyone out there, like once they found out like how, how bad, I mean, single use plastics are like, it's like the industry also kind of created this, like the sustainability industry that it's become the green living industry. Um, they just created this demand for reusable straws and they're just pounding them into people. And I'm just like, do, do you need that many reusable straws? Do you even use straws? I actually right. like, rarely ever use a straw. I have a bunch of metal reusable straws because I was like, oh, that's what sustainability looks like. I guess that's kind of like a mistake that I made, <laughs> I guess you could say. And like the sustainable, in my sustainable journey um, was like just buying stuff that I didn't need, even though it was, you know, said to be sustainable or just like better for the environment, you know? So yeah, totally. that, that's one of those things where it's like, if you don't use it, then don't buy it. Because um, I know so many people that don't use straws, but they have them. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect segue because I was just about to ask you about like, have you had kind of a sustainability fail, I'll call it? Yeah, I don't know if I've had like a fail. I wouldn't necessarily call it a fail. Um, I, I think about like- Maybe um, like misguided, I, you know, decision. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like the, the straws def is definitely one. Um, Otherwise, I can't really think of any like fails that I've had. There's things that I've like learned about along the way, like what fabrics are more sustainable and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, I can't think of any like greenwashing companies. I guess any of those companies that claim to be so sustainable, but all their products come in plastic. Obviously, not everyone can afford to buy things in bulk or refill things, and I feel or like, have like accessibility to it. Yes, yeah, like there's a lot of accessibility to the more like clean, so to speak, brands that come in plastic. So I I understand that not everyone can do that, but um, if I can get like a refillable, then I will, and that's kind of something that I've learned because I think when I first started my sustainability journey, I like got rid of all of my old cleaning products and and then I, I transitioned into like making my own cleaners with like vinegar and stuff 
and they just all smelled like horrible. And I was like, this isn't <laughs> fun. I was like, I don't know. Like my house doesn't feel clean. It just smells like vinegar. Um, <laughs> even though the surfaces were clean, like yeah. and no matter how many drops of essential oils in there that I put, like, and I was just like, and are these essential oils even safe for my countertops? I don't know. Um, but yeah, then I actually stumbled across um, Viren Apothecary, which is uh, this girl that I actually kind of became friends with. Her name's Morgan. She's amazing. Um, and she makes cleaning products and she kind of went through the same thing where she started making cleaning products and they all smelled like vinegar. And then she started her own company. Um, she's kind of like a little scientist and she, she makes like toilet bowl bombs. She makes all different kinds of like cleaners. Um, you only need a certain amount of cleaners for your house. You don't need like a cleaner for every single thing, which is another thing that I've learned. You don't need all these like specialty products, um, for things, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm so blessed that I found her company because now my house actually smells clean. It doesn't smell like vinegar anymore. So I guess that was one of those fails where I was just like, yeah, I can DIY everything. And really that doesn't work like that all the time. Like it doesn't, I don't know, like some, some things don't work as well when you DIY them. So I would rather like support my friend Morgan who has, you know, a business and a small brand and um, you can refill like all of her little glass bottles of like spray stuff um which is nice uh, and I refill that like at the local bulk store but again not everyone has access to stuff like that so I guess it just depends on where you live um what you have time for what you can kind of afford to do otherwise there is no like wrong way to do sustainability necessarily that's that's one thing that I've learned definitely um it looks very different for everyone yeah totally and I think also it's our it's also trying to retrain ourselves as consumers in a way, because I totally get that. I'm in the mm -hmm. process of, yeah, testing out DIY cleaners or, you yeah. know, if I'm going, I would like to support, you know, either local people or, you know, a company that is doing good things for sustainability and um, sourcing their ingredients and everything like that. But I think it does come down to like, we are so trained in a certain way, especially people starting off their journey yeah. to have things yeah like have specialty things for every single thing or have things smell a certain way which things should hopefully smell nice if you're cleaning your house right but yeah it's also hard it's like okay some people like that that they can DIY everything and like they don't mind vinegar or I was reading some woman like uses um vodka to be able to you know clean things as well yeah which yeah. it doesn't really smell but you know yeah I think it's very, I think people think of it as, oh, I need to DIY everything to be sustainable or zero waste or, you know, conscious living, mm -hmm. but it's so customizable, which is nice now because I think there is a lot more information and people talking about it. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Yeah. When, when you mentioned the, the fragrance thing that made me think um, about fragrance in general. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, um, it's such a greenwashed thing. Um, cause yeah, I look at like sustainable products that have like fragrance in them and especially cleaning products too. And yeah, you want your house to smell nice or you want to smell nice when you wear like, you know, body spray or perfume or whatever. But, um, a lot of those ingredients like are not the best for you. And, uh, it, it's kind of annoying when like a sustainable company has like ingredients like that in there because they're not always sustainable ingredients like fragrance is a very it's a blanket term for a bunch of other stuff that's that's in a product 
So I guess that's kind of a frustrating thing, like from a health standpoint, but also from a sustainability standpoint too, because it's like, okay, is this company greenwashing? Like what is the fragrance that's actually in, in here? Um, but yeah, I agree. It is very, very customizable um, depending on, you know, who you are and your values and, and how you live. Yeah. And the fragrance, as you mentioned, it's not regulated either. I think that's also no, the core is that so many things aren't regular, regulated, excuse me. So mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's hard to work towards a goal when like there's so many things that you can't even learn about for a company. Or I think that's also transparency for mm -hmm. myself now is like definitely the number one thing I look at because that's kind of where you start, I would hope, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like a lot of companies are using the terms natural, eco-friendly, and plant-based. Plant-based is a huge one. And they're just slapping those labels on everything. And people are like, oh my God, that means it's good. That means it's good for me or good for the environment, good for my kids. And it's like, um, no, you should read the ingredients and you should do a little more research before you just kind of jump on the bandwagon. Um, Cause I mean, brands have gotten so smart that they, they've all, they've always been smart, you know, how to market towards people. And like, it, it's definitely trendy, like, you know, plant-based living or, you know, just conscious, conscious consumerism is becoming more of a thing. I feel like in Gen Z kids as well. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of the millennials and the Gen Z kids. I was born in 96, so I don't really know what I'm considered really. <laughs> it's um, okay. I was born in 95, so I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like on the line sort of. Yeah. Like I'm myself a millennial, but I feel like more kids are, be more people are becoming aware of what, what's in their products and stuff, but it's just like, it's hard for us sometimes to figure out if a brand is being transparent or not because brands lie. I've seen, I've seen a couple things. Um, people will send me requests on Instagram to do like collaborations and I'm like okay and I do a little research first before I even respond to them about like you know their Instagram page their products their website and all that stuff and like there's been a couple times where I've clicked on a brand's um like sustainability section of their website and there's like nothing there or it just says we are sustainable and that's it and I'm like what do you what do you do you need to you need to show me do you donate to any organizations do you have carbon neutral shipping like what's your packaging like do you use like post-consumer recycled product I don't know like you need to give me something more than that and then <laughs> yeah. like I'll like you know message the company back it'll be like hey like I just don't really see enough information can you get, give me a little more like info about that like I would love to work with you I just need to learn a little bit more about you most of the time they don't get back to me like 80% of the people don't say anything because they're like oh she caught us well whatever um, but yeah, I feel like just teaching people how to properly like look at a website and properly like look at a brand's values is, is something so important that, that we should all learn about. I mean, I feel like I should have learned about some of this stuff in high school when I was given a debit card and I could spend my own money on things. I feel like that's like, it, it should be a part of like finance almost in a way, um, or I don't know, maybe it should be a part of like home at classes or something. Um, just like how to, you know, spend your money on, you know, things that you value or yeah, how to kind of like look at um, like what, what's healthy for you and what's not just, yeah, like all of it, con conscious consumerism in general. I feel like more kids should be educated on stuff like that because I would have made a lot of different decisions in my life if I would have been more educated on it.
Yeah, totally. And I think being educated at a young age is so important because we're educated in the media and the social things that we're brought up with. And we're not able, I feel like at least for me, I wasn't able to like question things. I was able to, but I wasn't able to like be given the other side of the story to Mm -hmm. question things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like um, it's it's very one-sided. People always show, you know, the the one side of the the issue but it's not is not displaying the the bigger picture here yeah totally like and at least we can speak i guess from american culture is like there is undertones of just like there is kind of one path in a way or there are like there are different decisions you can make but like there is one path you know to take yeah one thing to buy one way to live one you know kind of that linear yeah, and the truth is there isn't. I mean, there's there's just so many products out there and so many different ways of living, not even just with like the stuff we buy, but just yeah, everyone has such different values. Um that's part of the reason why I I do a lot of shopping on like Earth Hero. They have um I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just they have tags for like all of the different products that they have and you can see if something is you know recycled made of recycled plastic you can see if something is ethical or sustainable you can kind of like look at all of that they have a lot of details on their products and the brands that they work with i think i feel like they're very transparent and they work with other transparent brands they do a lot of research before they just let you know a brand onto their website but yeah that's kind of where i go for like sustainable shopping and stuff because i feel like they do a really good job of that yeah no that's awesome i actually been emailing with them because um, I just asked them some questions, you know, to read off on the podcast. And like every interaction I've ever had with them, someone gets back to me like within 24 hours at least. And they're just so, yeah. you know, they're willing to give you information, which is like the most important thing. And yeah, they talked. I was emailing a woman and she's so nice. And yeah, she answered all my questions. And I was like, you know, this is perfect. And yeah, I mean, sourcing from them for them, excuse me, is like such a big thing, obviously. And I, when I first found them, I was like genuinely so shocked and impressed how much they talk about that company that they're, you know, sourcing from or selling on their website, which is amazing. And I hope they're like the golden standard moving forward or like, if not like at least the baseline, because they already give you so much information that I would hope companies moving forward would follow their lead. Yeah, I agree. I hope so too. Yeah, I feel like the the carbon neutral shipping thing for them um, is a real win too. I think that that was more of like a recent change that they made. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and in speaking kind of about Earth Hero as well, what are some other resources that you've been found very useful? Um, YouTube is probably the biggest thing. Um, obviously, like I follow other Instagrammers, um, like other sustainable like influencers. Um, Jess from Impact for Good. That's like her handle. Um, she has a great page. She has a lot of reels and a lot of like, um, just like, I feel like she makes sustainability like look fun and, and cute and clean. She's very minimalistic too. So she just makes it look really attractive, which I've found can be also another issue in the sustainability movement. Like people want it to look attractive with all these glass jars and stuff like that. But it doesn't always look like that. It's about reusing what you have. <laughs> yeah. And um, even if it comes, in, even if, if, if you have plastic, you can still store your food in plastic. But, but yeah, she makes it look very cute. 
And then Shell Bizzle is another one. Uh, I mentioned her. She has an amazing YouTube channel. Uh, so many resources. She just, she dives really deep into a lot of the issues and she's very educated. She has uh, a degree in environmental science and she studied a lot of um, similar things to what I studied in college as well. She took more of the science approach to it though. And um, yeah, she just, she knows a lot. So that's a great resource. Um, yeah. And like overall, I think what's great about, I guess, for our generation growing up or moving mm-hmm. forward is the resources that we're able to find online. Yes, definitely. I mean, people didn't have this community before. There wasn't, this wasn't a thing before. And like the resources we have now are just huge in terms of educating ourselves and um, getting different products like where I grew up, I mean, it all depends on where you live too. Like I currently live in Milwaukee, which is a city. There's like, uh, it's called the glass pantry. We have like a a bulk store here and you can go refill all of your stuff. And like, there's so many different like vegan restaurants downtown and stuff like that. And, um, it's just, it's such a nice area. Um, I kind of live on the outside of it, like 10 minutes away from the city. I don't live downtown or anything, but it's nice to just be able to drive down there and go refill all my stuff. And, um, kind of vote with my dollar on some of the small businesses that are down there making a difference. But then I think about like back home um, where I grew up, which was like an hour south of here, there wasn't a whole lot there. I mean, we had like, there was a Walmart like 15 minutes away, but otherwise like everything came in plastic uh, unless you like ordered it online from a sustainable store, which wasn't really a thing a while ago, like back when I actually did live at home. Um, just wasn't as common, but yeah, there were only so many like resources there. So I love like being able to kind of have the options that I, I have now, but yeah, I, I definitely understand why people can't live as sustainably as others or, you know, make certain decisions, especially when it comes to like veganism. Um, I've been vegan for three years now and I know that that's not something everyone can do. Or, or not something everyone wants to do. So yeah, when, when it comes to like talking about veganism and sustainability, like it, there's just like this kind of annoying uh, gray area with it. Um, it's just definitely not black and white, but yeah, I just feel like doing what you can with the resources you have is, is what you can do. So there's no right or wrong way to do anything. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And I think, as I said before, like it's customizable and hopefully in the future, it will be more accessible to be able to do things. And I think community is a big thing. Obviously, Mm -hmm. living in a big city or something like that, sometimes it can be hard. But if you have like micro communities within the city, I think I hope how I see it in the future is more like people looking internally to their communities and having like or community gardens or, you know, community compost or I don't know, certain things like that, because yeah. that's how people lived. You know, they lived in villages. <laughs> right. So you can't, and I'm not saying trying to be completely self-sufficient in, you know, a 20 mile radius of where you live, but yeah, cause that's I, hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and if you really broke things down, I mean, it, the lifestyles that we have now would, we wouldn't be able to have anything close to that, but yeah, I yeah. hope moving forward, we're able to look more in in like in to our communities yes definitely (laughs) yeah I mean 
thinking about like where we live, um, you can't garden all year round, you know, like it'd be so cool, um, to live in like Hawaii or something, or, um, I know in Florida and some parts of Florida, they have, you know, an annual grow season where they can just constantly grow things and have all their own food. Like I would love to do that. And I mean, I live in a duplex right now. Um, our yard isn't huge and we just, it's not, it doesn't make sense for us to garden in the summer or anything right now. Um, it's not our house when we move out and eventually like buy our own house, then we'll be able to, um, you know, make a lot more sustainable decisions for ourselves and kind of decide like how we want to live. But for right now, this is what we have. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And in regards to like, is there anything that you feel like was the hardest to like give up? I don't want to say sustainable living or like you know, (laughs) conscious living, you have to sacrifice a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think once you do do research, there's a lot of things you're like, oh, that's, you know, this thing that I interact with every day, that's a little scary, you know, that it has this carcinogen in it or something like that. Is there Mm -hmm. anything that you found was like hard to give up or like you've been able to find a substitute actually for it? It was quite a journey to find skincare that worked for me. I think it just took a long time to figure out like what worked. It was a lot of trial and error. So it's not that I never found like solutions for that stuff necessarily. It just took a, it just took a while. Um, I feel like there is a solution out there for pretty much almost everything, which is amazing. Um, I think that's awesome. But one thing that I still use that comes in plastic is like protein bars. I, I love protein bars. <laughs> it's like a problem. So that's one thing I can think of. Otherwise, the protein powder and a lot of the supplements that I get now either come in glass or they're in compostable packaging or I can get them in bulk, which is really cool. Th- those are like, you know, newer things that people didn't have 10 years ago. Like everything still came in plastic, but I feel like companies really are trying to change, which is nice. But yeah, protein bars are huge. Otherwise, as far as like personal care, I think I've switched over pretty much all of my stuff to be either plastic free or just like more minimal. I used to, oh my gosh, I have really long hair. Uh, I used to uh, use a lot of different products in my hair, especially when I moved to college. I wasn't used to the hard water that was there. And I went through the space where I bought uh, a different product every week for my hair. It was insane. And this was before I got into sustainability, like when I first got to, to school and um, my hair was just so dry and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And then like, I went through this thing where, yeah, I just bought so many different products for it and none of them worked. I ended up, I ended up never like keeping those in my like beauty care um, routine because they just didn't actually work, but just keeping it simple and kind of learning to um, use less in my personal care routine has, has really helped. But again, that took a lot of time because you have to find, you know, products that help you do that. Yeah. I think things for the, the pets, like, um, like the dog and the cat food that comes in plastic, that's probably always going to come in plastic for me. I can't think of anywhere around me that has like dog and cat food or cat litter in like compostable packaging. I think there are some websites actually where you can get compostable, like really good, like cat litter. We do have like healthier cat litter. So that's nice. Um, and I think it's actually made of walnut shells. Um, Ooh, that's so it's, interesting. <laughs> it's sustainable in that way. Yeah. yeah. And it works really well too. Uh, so that's cool, but it comes in plastic. So it is what it is. There's just some things where it's like, 
it's not you you have to accept that it's not you it's the system and so over time the systems will eventually change but for now i feel like i'm doing pretty good <laughs> there, there's definitely a couple flaws here and there uh depending on like how many packaged snacks we get i know we do a lot of shopping at costco too which is nice because you're getting things in bulk um are you familiar with costco Yes. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yes. Yeah, so you get a lot of things in bulk there, uh, which is nice, but a lot of it still comes in plastic, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really hard, definitely. Um, yeah, I, there's not where we are right now. There's not a lot of big stores, actually. We're in a pretty rural area, which is nice to look more internally, like I said, locally, but yeah, I grew up near like a couple Costco's, and it is disheartening how much plastic things are packaged in but mm -hmm. the idea of getting things in bulk or a lot of product the idea is there but the execution isn't perfect I would say yes and I yeah like kind of back to like the skincare like you mentioned I think it's hard because I think with tra transitioning anything especially skincare if you have sensitive oh, yeah. skin or whatnot patience I think ever I think what I've learned so far what I've really deep, you know, deep diving, really pushing myself is just patience is the goal. Like, I mean, patience is the, you know, you have to just have to be patient because <laughs> yes, nothing. Yes, and I think that's what we've been taught in the U S at least is everything is snappy. Everything you can go out to the store and get this, this, and this, anything you want, basically fast, mm -hmm. um, somewhat affordable usually, but it's now, and it's easy to the consumer. Mm -hmm. to get to consume and then to throw away yes i i agree it's like that in a lot of different ways i mean in sustainability yeah definitely just like going to the store getting what you need and then just tossing away the rest that you don't and um it's gone within five seconds like plastic bags are a great example um we actually reuse our plastic bags as garbage bags but we don't we we usually try to use um the the paper bags now because we use those for our compost but um whatever we do get whatever plastic or boxes or things that we do collect in our house we do try to reuse everything and kind of repurpose it for stuff and even if some things come into your life that yeah have a little bit of plastic or you're able to upcycle into things mm -hmm. i find that a bigger victory than you know feeling awful about buying this thing that I can't yeah. find a substitute or haven't found a substitute yet for. So with like the whole quick fix thing, I mean, we, we look for that in sustainability and just like convenience in, you know, our modern day lives. But yeah, we also look for that in medicine and in health too, especially like we're always looking for a quick pill or, you know, a quick fix for everything. And there usually is somewhere on the market, but does it actually work? No. <laughs> like, if you want to get to like the root cause and actually heal, like that's, that's when you're going to, you know, find that actual healing and be, be truly happy. And that's when you're going to actually solve your problem instead of just putting this quick fix or this bandaid on it. So I feel like there needs to be a lot of work done still in the sustainability movement as far as that. Cause yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of things that we've created that we're meant to be, can make, make things more convenient or make things easier for ourselves. But really it's creating like huge problems for the environment around us that might not necessarily directly impact us every day. So it's not something we think about, but it is something we should start thinking about now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I hope people do, you know. 
Yeah, I think things are definitely shifting. So yeah, definitely. So this is kind of a bigger question, but where do you see the biggest problem when it comes to our impact on the earth? So like fast fast fashion industry, (laughs) wow, (laughs) Um, just driving our cars or like food industry, maybe you can talk about like kind of that aspect. Where do you see that? Yes. So uh, yeah, a, a big thing is fast fashion. Like you said, it's just, it's absolutely horrible in so many ways, not just for the environment, but just ethics, like just. And like, I think mental ethically. health for us as well as, as consumers. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Besides like labor, horrible labor, mm-hmm. uh, sweatshops and whatnot. But I know people don't understand like how fast fashion impacts their mental health because like they think it's just so great because <laughs> you just, you go buy like this cheap two or $3 thing from forever 21 or whatever. And like that, that's awesome. In your eyes, you're saving money, but like, what did that t-shirt or piece of jewelry like actually cost? Like, you don't really know, like the, as far as like garment workers go um, and things like that, like there's so many companies that like during um, like the, the heightened part of the whole like COVID-19 crisis going on still, um, Mm -hmm. they like stopped paying their workers and it's just, it's crazy. And so like, that's why the, the hashtag pay up has become so big. And I'm, I'm glad it has because it's bringing a lot of awareness to just the unfair wages or no wages of garment workers and the people that are exploited in these industries, um, or the animals that are exploited in, in, in these industries, like, um, you know, fur and stuff like that, that isn't becoming so big of a problem now. I feel like most, like a, a lot of companies have switched to fake fur, which is, uh, which is a good thing, but a lot of that fake fur is actually made of like plastic and polyester and other things that are like not good for our health or for the environment, but that's just like a whole nother issue. But yeah, fast fashion is bad for, for so many reasons. We have way too many clothes. So I feel like one of the most important things you can do is just buy, buying secondhand, using what you have, asking yourself if you actually need said thing that you have your eyes on, um, kind of like waiting a while before you buy something. I feel like people are just so quick to, to buy the second that they see something. And I have been trying really hard to, to go home and think about it for, you know, a while. Sometimes I'll think about something for like a month or two before I actually end up buying it. Or if I go a month and, you know, I kind of forgot about the item, then I won't go purchase it. And it definitely goes that way for clothes with me. This is like the thing that I want to work on in 2021 is like minimizing, you know, the clothes and stuff that I have, but that's where thrifting can come in. And thrifting is tricky too, because you see things at a thrift store and thrifting is so unique. You, you don't know what you're, what you're going to find and it could be, you know, absolute garbage or it could be like gold. And it's hard with thrifting to ask yourself, okay, do I need this? Can I like think about it and walk away? Because you don't know if it's going to be there the next time. Um, so that's another struggle that I've kind of had. You need to really ask yourself, like, do I need this? Even though this is a $5 thing at a thrift store, like, am I actually going to use this? But yeah, fast fashion is huge. Um, another thing is obviously I don't, I don't want to get too preachy when it comes to like veganism and stuff, just cause like it's not for everyone, but the way we eat meat is an issue um, in sustainability. I did a lot of my projects on in my bachelor's on like the anti-CAFO movement, which are 
confined animal feeding operations, which are the, just the huge, you know, like the fa factory farming. That's basically what it is. So I did a lot of research on that. And a lot of the research that I came out with is just the, the, the environmental impacts of all of that. The way we breed animals, how we use the land to um, house all of these animals. Um, it's just, it's not good. So if you are going to buy meat, just like buying, you know, local or organic, buying from a farm or a CSA that you can support or something like that, like that, that is great. Just like trying to um, find different ways that you can do things versus just going to the store and just buying it without like realizing what you're actually buying, I guess. So yeah, meat is definitely one of those things. And that's more, more so like the whole industry. But I feel like that's one of those things where as consumers, we do have the power to really change that industry if we decide to vote with our dollar. Like if everyone actually voted with their dollar, like the world would look very different I do feel like even though these industries have you know millions and billions of dollars I feel like they wouldn't anymore if if we all kind of uh, chose you know the path that we actually believe in which for most people is a better path if they actually realize what they're getting themselves into with um, some of the things that they buy but yeah then the the other thing that is huge is um, single-use items which is something that we've talked about but um, I feel like people are getting a lot better with that and we've we've made really good strides over the last decade in making more compostable or biodegradable products, which is really good. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up the single use items because I think it's just an interesting style of marketing as well. Because I mean, just a few years ago, I didn't even think about, okay, I'm going to use this tissue. Okay, it's going in the garbage. You know, and I never really thought about, okay, how long did it take to make that item? You know, how resources, transportation, water, gas went into bringing me this tissue to blow my nose and then it's in the trash. And so I think like alongside with marketing, when people or companies say, oh, you know, it's so convenient and it's like, oh, it's so great. Or like, I don't know. It's just, I think that's a big thing for me too, is I'm finding, oh my gosh, like why? <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally agree. And then, yeah, just with like making better decisions, if you are going to use something that is single use, um, like we get our tissue paper from who gives a crap, which is Oh amazing. my gosh, my dad loves them. <laughs> yes. Oh, amazing toilet paper brand. We would love to get a bidet. <laughs> eventually uh, I think that would be really cool um, but our toilet right now does doesn't allow us to it's a it's a, we live in a very old house so there's a lot of things we can't do that we want to but yeah mm -hmm. uh, who gives a crap is amazing so we get our our tissues from them as well I think all of their stuff's made with like bamboo and recycled paper um, I love that it's all like unbleached too like um, mm -hmm. a lot of companies you know that aren't more sustainably conscious like um, this is another one of those things that we were talking about, like um, how things cross over sometimes, like who gives a crap is not only good for the environment, but just good for your health too, because they don't bleach all of their stuff. So that's really cool. But yeah, just uh, with, with the single use thing, I feel like companies are definitely getting better at making single use products that aren't so horrible. So kind of also in that vein, are there like activities or like certain swaps that you like absolutely love like do you love I don't know making I don't know if you make your own like nut milks or anything like that what's yeah, your favorite yeah. thing 
I have tried making my own, my own nut milks. Um, I've done it a few times, so it kind of just depends on if I have time for it. I, I love oat milk and I, I do drink almond milk, but I don't think it's like, I don't know that there's always this battle of like, what, what's the best like milk or the the most sustainable milk. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure oat is up there. Oat, Oat milk is definitely one of the more like sustainable ones. And I feel like it honestly tastes the best in coffee. That's why I love it so much. Um, but yeah, otherwise for cereal and stuff, I think we use almond milk, but I have tried to make my own and I, I love it. I love how fresh it tastes. Um, but it just depends on what you have time for. And if you have the right blender to make it too. So that makes a huge difference. And then what's another favorite I have, I would say my shampoo and conditioner bars are, are a huge fave. I use Ethique or Ethique. I, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. How do you it's, spell it? <laughs> it's French for ethical. It's E-T-H-I-Q-U-E. But I, I love that brand. Um, they actually just came out with like a whole line of new products where they're like concentrates. So you can make your own shampoo and conditioner. You can just buy the, the concentrated bar and then put, put it in um, your bottle with some water and then it'll make shampoo. Um, so if you prefer it that way, but I love their bars, their shampoo and conditioner bars are awesome. And then I would also say it's a little bit of an investment, I feel like, but my leaf shave razor is so nice. I used a regular safety razor for uh, like a couple months and like, I liked it, but you had, you did have to be kind of careful with it. It, it definitely, there was like a transition period from going from a plastic razor with the five blades to just a single, you know, straight blade. And, uh, I definitely cut myself a few times, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was like, I felt good. Cause I was like, this is for the environment. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> the sacrifices <gasps> I make. <laughs> right. And then, um, yeah, I switched to leaf shave. I actually, I got it. They had like a black Friday deal like last year and it's amazing. So it's a little more of an investment, but I feel like it's the closest thing that I could, you know, get to, you know, that, that pivoting head on a plastic razor and it's just such a smooth shave. And I I really like the company too. I think the company is really great also. So yeah, I'd say those are like my favorite swaps or investments that I've made. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I that's so funny you mentioned Leaf. I am still phasing out my old razor because I had a subscription service because that's when I was green, you know, quote unquote green. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, getting them, uh, well, cheaper. They were also cheaper for subscription, yeah. but like, oh, they're so great. Mm-hmm. I'm not like reusing, you know, a plastic one or using a single use. But I mean, there's so much plastic that's in it now that I, you right. know, really analyze it. But I just, I ordered... Um, my leaf I got like the kit they're great I haven't like really dived into using it because I want to use up my other ones but they're great um anyways <laughs> yeah I, I totally agree with the using what you have thing though um when I first wanted to switch to you know uh, better personal care products or like you know when I want to switch to plastic free anything I always use up all the stuff that I have already instead of just throwing it out because that's just way more wasteful. And I think that's like a huge, um, a huge takeaway for a lot of people like to just use what you have, even though it might not look the prettiest, like that really is what sustainability is about and what it kind of should be about just cause that's, I mean, that, that's the best way to do it. Even though all of these influencers, you know, get on with their, you know, shiny Mason jars filled with all their bulk foods and like mm-hmm. everything looks so aesthetically pleasing. Like it just doesn't work that way all the time. So, um, yeah, I feel like just reusing and using what you have 
repurposing is like the best. Yeah, totally. And I think it's not, I think of it more what I get excited about it. It's more of a process and it's a lifelong thing. I'm never thinking, oh, there's this one goal I'm trying to get to, you know, you might have many goals along the way, but yeah, I think, I think for people listening right now that are like, oh, I see all these influencers and they have everything looks quote perfect. You know, I see it more as like, oh, that's, you know, good that they're living their life that way, but I see it more of a process and a learning, you know, lifelong learning. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, they, they just make it look so nice, which is good because it attracts people to the movement. I understand right. and why. things like, do look nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Like, I get why it's trendy right now. Like, it, it's so freaking cute. But, but yeah, the reality of it is, like, I still have, like, plastic Ziploc bags. I don't I don't have like a new package or anything, but I reuse them. I don't have like a beautiful drawer full of stasher bags because stasher bags are so expensive. They're so expensive, but they're so worth it. Like I, I love my stasher bags. I only have a couple of them, but yeah, I, I mean, I reuse things all the time. My kitchen doesn't look completely plastic free just because we do reuse a lot of our stuff, but, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It's a process. I know you said like you still have some plastic and like we do too, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just how it is. But is there like an advanced or an out of the box thing you do for sustainable living? I don't know if there's like an advanced thing I do necessarily. There's things I would like to advance more in. Like I really would like to get a microplastic filter for our washing machine. Uh, I know Girlfriend so Collective cool. makes one. Yeah, they're yeah. so they're so nice. And it's just such a like I mean, I like the little like washing bag idea, like the little like Yeah, there's the one like friend, guppy friend. Yeah. And I think there's mm-hmm. another one on Earth here with Yeah. Yeah. The the Cora ball. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little thing that catches all the microplastics. Yeah. That's that's another like newer thing that we've learned about, I feel like, with all of the like crappy textiles and fabrics that we use in our clothes is that like they shed really really bad and polyester is one of them so we need to create all of these things to fix the the problem we, we should just get rid of polyester in general and then we wouldn't have all this crap like we wouldn't have all these issues but but yeah I think there's things that I want to do when we move out like I want to get a bidet eventually and like I want to do the the microplastic filter I think there's like certain like sustainable brands I would love to support, but I just don't have the money right now, I guess. So like, I don't know if there's like an one advanced thing that I do um, that sets me apart from other people necessarily. I feel like I'm just, I'm at, I am where I am in my journey right now and I hope to get better. I feel like I will like whenever I become like that minimalist or kind of hit my, my goal in terms of like minimizing my stuff, I feel like that's pretty advanced for, totally. for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise people would say I'm, I'm pretty advanced cause I compost, but I don't even compost my own stuff. I go through a service and it's a local like business that I chose to support. And like I said earlier about like not having like the right yard right now for having a garden, we don't, we wouldn't use our compost if we were to do it ourselves. So I just decided to go through a company and yeah, I was telling someone about it because uh, it was actually one of my neighbors because I saw our compost thing like out on the side of the street for pickup and they were like, oh my gosh, what? That's a thing? And like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then actually, so I, I got the, the compost bin or whatever. I, I decided to subscribe to it. And then all of a sudden I saw like within 
the next two months, I saw like three or four other compost bins at the end of the street, like on my block. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Like it was at the end of other, other people's driveways. And I was like, I've never seen anyone else compost around here before, like through this service. So I think I started a little trend there, which yeah. I feel pretty cool about. <laughs> but I love but that. Yeah. <laughs> Being in Wisconsin, like people are kind of all over the board. Um, and I feel like social media and, and Instagram and um, like all these different like resources that we have now have really brought people together and have um, really helps in, you know, educating people about why these things are important. So yeah, I think that's really cool. And that's kind of what I hope to do with my Instagram as well is just kind of like bring light to some of these issues or, you know, just to provide resources for different, like some more sustainable swaps and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, that's perfect. Yeah. That's great. It's all about getting the message out there. Yeah, definitely. And the last question I wanted to ask you is what is the biggest takeaway you have learned from living slow and sustainable living? The biggest takeaway, like I've said a few times in this episode, um, just using what you have and being grateful for what you have and repurposing things uh, is so important. And along with that also goes like for for buying secondhand. So I feel like buying used things over, over new things, it's not, it's not gross. It's not, <laughs> it, it has this like stigma to it. I feel like I, I've talked to a couple people about like shopping secondhand before and they're like, Oh, I just couldn't do that. Like every time I walk into a Goodwill, it just smells so gross. And I'm like, yeah, but you find such good stuff there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's a treasure and- trove. Yeah, it it really is. And a couple other local thrift stores that I go to are just um, amazing. There's just really cool stuff there. Um, But yeah, I feel like buying like less stuff is, is important as well. Just like only buying what you need, realizing that you don't need a ton of different cleaners for your house and that you only need like two or three really good all purpose cleaners for things. That's important. That also saves you money as well as time. So it's not only sustainable, like it saves you money. That's amazing. But yeah, uh, I would say that's probably my, my biggest takeaway is just using what you have and buying less things. And then if you do buy something, buy something high quality, something that's going to last you a long time. I know when it comes to quality, like it can get, you know, expensive, but if you think about it, if you buy a t-shirt that's low quality, that's like two or three bucks from, you know, a fast fashion brand versus a Twenty dollar t shirt that is made of organic cotton, maybe from a really good sustainable brand that has a lot of good ethical practices um, and then the t shirt's just made of like a higher quality material like it's just going to last you such a long time so it's just, it's going to save you money i'm all about like the little hacks that save you money just because like I'm still in like student debt from when I, I graduated and I'm even going back to school now. And so my finances are like a little tight. So I'm not necessarily all about like buying, uh, you know, the shiny new aesthetic, uh, sustainable things, like just like using stuff that you have already or borrowing things from others. Like anything that saves you money too is like chef's kiss. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I kind of just want to surround myself with, other people that uh, educate and people that I can learn from that also spread that positive message and viewpoint with it too. Yeah, that's great. I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation. 
And if you want to plug anything or where people can find you online. Yeah. So um, you can find me on my Instagram um, at sustainable.k. I, I don't have a TikTok. I mean, I do. I only have like a couple TikToks though. So I don't have like a whole <laughs> lot on there, but it's mainly just my, my Instagram for right now. Um, I do have a, a blog, which you can also find on my Instagram and my bio, but I have not touched that in quite a while. So um, things might change eventually and I, and I might um, expand my platform a little more, but with me being in school, it's just been um, a little like, you know, stressful with being in school and working. So my Instagram is definitely my main focus, but yeah, you can find me there. Okay, great, Kayla. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me here. I had a great time talking to you. Yay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Wanted to thank Kayla again for being my guest this week on Green Living Podcast. I really had a great time chatting with her. And this episode is actually going to be the last episode of 2020. I wanted to thank everyone who has supported me in launching this podcast and who has supported me these past few months, and I'm really looking forward to what 2021 brings. So I hope everyone has a great holiday season, and I will see you all in the new year. Thank you so much for listening.